Hello everyone. Welcome to the Long Time Noisy podcast. Hi, my name's A and thank you so much for tuning in. I can't believe that I'm finally recording this right now because I've been wanting to create my own podcast for like a really really long time now but I've never really had the courage or the confidence to actually put up one but here I am. Anyway, as you guys can tell, this is my first episode. So, for my pilot episode, I am just going to be reading you guys something that I have loved since high school. So, I hope you guys would enjoy it as much as I did. It is a story by Isaac Marian. It's entitled I am a zombie filled with love. So, I hope you guys would walk through this entire experience with me and actually enjoy it. So, here it goes. I am a zombie. And it's not so bad. I'm learning to live with it. I'm sorry if I can't properly introduce myself, but I don't have a name anymore. Hardly any of us do. We forget them like anniversaries or pin numbers. I think mine might have started with a T, but I'm not sure. It's funny because back when I was still alive, I was always forgetting other people's names, and now I forgot mine. Before I became a zombie, I think I was a businessman or a young professional of some kind. I think I worked in one of those stifling office jobs in a high-rise somewhere. The clothes clinging to the remains of my body are high-quality business casual. Fine slacks, silvery silk shirt, red Armani power tie. I would probably look pretty sharp if my intestines weren't dragging at my feet. Ha! We like to joke and speculate about our remaining outfits since these final fashion choices are usually the only indication of who we were before we became no one. Some people's outfits are less obvious than mine. Jeans and a white t-shirt, skirt and a crop top, so we just make random guesses. Oh, you were a plumber. You were a barista. Ring any bells? Meh. It usually doesn't. No one I know has any specific memories. We recognize things, sure. Buildings, cars, shoes, but context eludes We are here and we just do what we do. We lack excellent diction but we can still communicate. We grunt and groan and we make hand gestures and sometimes a few words slip out so it's not that different from before. There are a few hundred of us living in a wild plain of dust outside some large city. We don't need shelter or warmth obviously. We stand around in the dust and time passes. I think we've been here for a long time. Despite my drugging in jails, I'm still in the case early stages. But there are a few elderly ones here who are a little more than skeletons with clinging bits of muscle. And somehow, it still extends and contracts and they keep moving. I have never really seen any of us die of old age. Maybe we'll live forever, I don't know. I don't think much about the future anymore, and that's something that's very different from before. When I was alive, all I thought about was the future. It was all I was obsessed about. 
death has relaxed me. But it makes me sad that we have forgotten our names. Out of everything, that seems to me the most tragic. No, I don't miss my own name, but I mourn for everyone else's. Because I want to love them, but I don't know who they are. Today, a group of us are going into town to find some food. How this expedition begins is one of us gets hungry and starts shuffling toward town, and a few others follow him. Focus thought is a rare occurrence with us, and we follow it when we see it. Otherwise, we would just be standing around, groaning. We do a lot of standing around groaning, and it's frustrating sometimes. Years pass this way. The flesh withers in our bones, and we stand around, waiting for it. I am actually curious on how old I might be. The city where people live is not that far. We arrive around noon and start looking for living flesh. The new kind of hunger is a strange feeling. You don't feel it in your stomach. Of course not, since some of us don't even have stomachs. You feel it just everywhere. You start to feel more dead. And I have watched some of my friends go back to being full dead when, you know, food is scarce. They just slow down and stop and become corpses again. I don't really understand it. I guess the world has mostly ended. Because the cities we wander through are decaying as fast as we are. Buildings are collapsed, dead rusted cars fill the streets, all glass everywhere is shattered. So I don't know if there was a war, or a plague, or if it was just us. Maybe it was all three, I don't know. I don't think about things like that anymore. In a cluster of broken down apartment buildings, we find some people and we eat them. Some of them have weapons and as usual we lose some of our number, but we don't care. Why would we care? What's death now? Eating is not a pleasant business. I chew off a man's arm and I hate this. It's disgusting. I hate his screams because I don't like pain and I don't like to hurt things, but this is the world now. This is what we do. And of course, if I don't eat all of him, if I leave enough, he'll rise up and follow me back to our dusty field outside the city and that might make me feel better. And then I'll introduce him to everyone and maybe we'll stand around and groan for a while. It's hard to say what friends are anymore, but maybe that's close. That's if I don't eat all of him. That's if I leave enough. But of course I don't leave enough. I eat his brain because that's the good part. That's the part that when I swallow it, it makes my head light up with feelings, clear memories. For about 3 to 10 seconds, depending on the person, but I get to feel alive. I get traces of delicious meals, beautiful music, perfumes, sunsets, orgasms, life. And then it fades, and I get up and stumble out of the city. Still dead, but feeling a little less so. Feeling okay. I don't know why we have to eat people. I don't understand what chewing off a man's neck accomplishes. We certainly don't digest the meat and absorb the nutrients. My stomach is a rotted bag of dried bile. Useless. We don't digest, we just 
eat until the weight forces it out of our assholes, and then we eat some more. It feels so useless, and yet it keeps us moving. I don't know why. None of us really understand why we are the way we are. We don't know if we are the result of some kind of global infection or some ancient curse or something that's even more senseless. You know, we don't talk about it much. Existential debate is not a major part of zombie life. We are here. We do things. We are simple. It's nice sometimes. Outside the city again, back with the others in the dust field, I start walking around in a circle for no reason. I plant one foot in the dirt and pivot on it, around and around, kicking up clouds of dust. Before, when I was alive, I could never have done this. I remember stress. I remember bills and deadlines, asset retention reports. I remember being so occupied, so always, everywhere, all the time occupied. Now I'm just standing in a wide open field of dust, walking in a circle. The world has been distilled. Being dead is easy. After a few days of this, I stop walking, and I stand still, swaying back and forth and groaning a little. I don't know why I groan, I'm not in pain, and I'm not sad. I think it's just air being squeezed in and out of my lungs, and when my lungs finally decompose, I think it will probably stop. And now while swaying and groaning, I notice a dead woman standing a few feet away from me, facing the distant mountains. She doesn't sway or groan. Her head just lolls from side to side. And I like that about her, that she doesn't sway or groan. And so I walk over and stand beside her. I wheeze some kind of greeting and she responds with a lurch of her shoulder. I like her. I reach out and touch her hair. She has not been dead very long. Her skin is gray and her eyes slightly sunken, but she has no exposed bones or organs. Her death outfit is a black skirt and a snug white button-up. I suspect she used to be a waitress. Oh wait, pinned to her chest is a silver name tag. I can read her name. She has a name. Her name is Emily. I point to her chest. Slowly, with great effort, I say, Emily. The word rolls off what's left of my tongue like honey. What a good name. I feel warm saying it. Emily's cloudy eyes widen at the sound. And she smiles. I also smile. And then maybe I'm a little nervous because my femur snaps and I fall backwards into the dust. Emily just laughs, and it's a choked, raw, lovely sound. She reaches down and helps me to my feet. Emily and I have fallen in love. I'm not sure how this happens. I remember what love was like before, and this is different. This is simpler. Before, there were complex emotional and biological factors at work. We had long checklists and elaborate tasks to be passed. We looked at hairstyles and careers and breast sizes. 
and sex was there in everything, confusing everyone like hunger. It created longing, it created ambition, competition. It drove people to leave their houses and invent automobiles, spacecraft, and autumn bombs when they could instead just sit on the couch until they died. Animal cravings, subconscious urges, sex made the world go round. But this is all gone now. Sex, once a force as universal as gravity, is now irrelevant. Ambition and longing have left the equation. My penis fell off two weeks ago. So the equation is deleted, the blackboard erased, and things are different now. Our actions have no ulterior motives. We shuffle around in the dust and occasionally have lumbering, grunted exchanges with our peers. No one argues. There are no fights. Ever. And Emily is not a complicated process. I just see her and walk over to her, and for no reason really, I decide I want to be with her for a really long time. So now we shuffle around in the dust together instead of alone. And when we have to go into town to eat people, we do it at separate times because it's unpleasant and we don't want to share that. But we share everything else. And it's nice. We decide to walk to the mountains. It takes us three days, but now we are standing on a cliff, looking up at a fat white moon. At our backs, the night sky is red from distant cities burning, but we don't care about that. I clumsily grab Emily's hand and we stare at the moon. There is no real reason for any of this, but like I said, the world has been distilled. Love has been distilled. Everything is easy now. Yesterday my leg broke off. And I don't even mind. The end. And that has been it. So before I end this episode, I just want to say a quick thank you to the people who have showed support since day one. So thank you so much Jude, Almira, Miggy, Maria, Shiloh, Rayan, and Krishi. You guys are actually the reason why I got out of bed this afternoon to record something for my pilot episode, so yeah. And so the people who are listening right now, I want you to know that I love you. Again, this has been Arid, and thank you so much for tuning in to Long Time Noisy. Uh-huh.